When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. The first person to encounter Noah Singlet was Mrs. Pulsifer, the day cook at the Pinecone Cafe, exhausted and on her way home. It had been a hectic shift. The kitchen had been hotter than usual. She was glad to get out of the cool night air, away from the greasy steam and the roar of the exhaust fan and the clatter of dingy utensils. She walked down the street, enjoying the nip in the wintry air, until she came to the bus stop. There was just one other person sitting on the bench... A small man, formless in a dark overcoat and slouch hat. Mrs. Pulsifer sat primly at the extreme end of the bench, as far from the man as she could get. As she settled herself, she sensed, the way you do, out of the corner of your eye, that he had turned and was watching her. She looked straight ahead, straight across the busy highway, but she could feel his eyes on her. And she knew, she knew, he was going to speak. Good evening. Well, it was a gentlemanly greeting, nothing saucy or suggestive. In the old days, it would have been only common courtesy to speak to a stranger when circumstances made it inevitable that they would be together alone for some minutes, and the bus wasn't due for ten more minutes. And so Mrs. Pulsifer turned to her right, a tightly controlled smile on her lips, and responded. Good evening. Turning a bit cold, isn't it? It certainly is. Mrs. Pulsifer hadn't as yet actually seen the man's face. She could feel his eyes staring at her, but for some reason she couldn't bring herself to meet his stare. But then she realized he was slowly moving down the bench toward her. His left hand scuttled along the bench seat, a white tarantula, as he edged over beside her. At last she was forced to look into his smiling face. Smiling? There were no lips, barely a nose, and from black eye sockets two engorged eyeballs popped. Mrs. Pulsifer was transfixed with horror, and then he spoke again. Permit me to introduce myself. My name is Noah Singlet, and I'm dead. In just a moment, Crisis continues with tonight's tale of suspense titled, My Name is Noah Singlet, and I'm Dead. The second person to encounter Noah Singlet was Terry Black, who worked for Gaston's Book Gallery and who was just closing the shop and leaving for home. 
She parked her car in a gravel lot to the side of the building, and it would take her only 20 steps to reach it. But in those 20 steps, she too would meet the huddled form in black. Pardon me, would you mind not leaning on my car? Are you sick or something? Oh, no, not sick at all. My name is Noah Singet, and I'm dead. The third person to encounter Noah Singlet was Elda Bush. Miss Bush was perhaps the best known of the three women, a personage more notorious than famous. At this hour, when the cook and the bookseller were winding up their day, Elda May was just beginning hers. She was leaving the tavern when she observed the huddled figure moving slowly toward her. As they drew closer, he raised his head and leered at her. Elda May, of course, responded. Well, are you lonely, honey pie? Oh, no. I have lots of company. What? My name is Noah Singlet, and I'm dead. No, 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 no! Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you think I can do anything when you're all talking at once? Now, what time did you run into this guy, Mrs. Pulsford? Five minutes past six. I got off work at six, and I know I got to the bus stop five minutes later. And I had to wait for the 6.15 bus. Okay. Miss Black? Well, that couldn't be right, because I closed up the shop at 6 p.m., and it took me five minutes to get ready to leave, so I know that when I stepped out onto the street, it had to be 6.05, and I saw him immediately. And the bookstore is a good thousand yards from the bus stop where Mrs. Pulsifer saw him. Well... Mm-hmm. How about you, Elderman? Oh, Scott, you're going to think I'm putting you on. <laughs> now, when would I ever think a thing like that? Oh, shut your mouth. I had one highball at the tavern. I saw it was five minutes past six and high time for me to be. Yeah. So I hightailed it right out of there at exactly five minutes past six, and there he was. All right. Now, what we have is three frightened women who all say they've seen the same guy who said the same thing to each one of you. Now you're telling me these things all happened blocks away from each other at exactly the same time. Now, obviously, something's haywire here. Well, look, I don't know about these other blocks, but I know what I saw. Hold it, not quiet. Leave. It's fairly simple to explain why y'all thought you'd seen this guy at the same time. Let me see your watches. What time you got, Miss Bolsover? I don't wear a watch, but I know it only All right. How about you, Miss Black? It is exactly 6.43 p.m. Elder May? It's 6.44. 6.44. And my watch says 6.41. Cheap watch. And the clock up there in the wall says 6.45. So you see, time is pretty much what you think it is. Very scholarly conclusion, Mr. Scud. But what are you going to do about this ghoul who's running around loose? Yes. Oh, we'll find him. Don't worry. I just wish you people could help me with one thing. What's that? Well... I'd just like to know which one of you seen him first so I could deduce which way he was traveling. Now, what good would that do? Oh, might get a line on him quicker is all. Now, let's see if I got this all straight. In all three cases, he said the same thing. My name is Noah Singlet, and I'm dead, right? Right. That's right. And in each case, <laughs> you run. Well, what would you expect us to do? Stay around and get molested. But in fact, this Noah Singlet had no weapon, right? Well, he could have. But none of you ladies saw a weapon. The fact remains, he's a menace. He's a zombie. Yeah. Now, now that brings us to his description. What I got here is <clears throat> white male, 
Age unknown, height between five feet six and six feet, dark overcoat, dark wide brim hat. Then there seems to be some difference of opinion about his face. I told you, Officer Skuggs, the man's face looked like a, a Halloween mask. Only it was real. It was more of a skull than a face. Hey, look, I've seen a lot of men you wouldn't call handsome. But this guy makes Frankenstein look like Paul Newman. Okay, okay. Probably some mental case that likes to dress up and scare women. Now, why don't you all just go on home? We'll be in touch if we have something to come up, and, and I thank you for reporting it. You mean that's all you're going to do? Well, what do you want me to do? Well, I won't step one foot out of my house until you find that demon. Yeah, you're right. The streets ain't safe for respect to... Well, they're not. <laughs> Ladies, i got to remind you, this guy hasn't committed any crime. No crime? It's no crime to introduce yourself on the street. No crime to look, uh, what'd you call him? Like a zombie. Yeah. Yes, look, Skuggs, this creep told all three of us that he's dead. Well, no crime being dead either. <laughs> Good morning. May I help you? Oh, well, as a matter of fact, you've already helped me. What? Last evening, just as you were leaving the bookstore. What, what about last evening? Madam, may I properly introduce myself? I am Noah Singlet. You? You are Noah Singlet? <laughs> yes, yes. Now, be, uh, before I alarm you any more than I already have, let me explain. You see, I'm Dr. Noah Singlet, Ph.D. I'm doing research for a book. I came to this little wayside town several days ago and picked out three distinctively different women. One, a middle-aged, respectable working type. One, a sharp and intelligent professional type. And one who is, frankly, slightly disreputable. I don't know whether to let you ramble on or to call the law. Oh, you're perfectly welcome to call the law if you feel that is justified after you hear me out, if you please. Now, <clears throat> where was I? Oh, yes. As you must have guessed, you, my second experimental subject, were chosen because you are an intelligent young person, well-educated, and not as apt to be superstitious as my other two uh, specimens. What's the point of all this? Ah, of course you would want to come directly to the point. Very well. The point of all this is to determine the reactions of three typical individuals when encountering a psychologically irrational but obviously real anomaly. A talking dead man. You're doing research? Yes. Well, then why in the world did you have to scare us like you did? Why couldn't you have explained all this last night? Ah, because I didn't want to interrupt your individual reactions. Mrs. Pulsifer screamed three times, got up and ran back toward the cafe, waving her arms in the air, utterly irrational. Later, she described me as looking like a zombie. You reacted in a different way. Your first reaction to me was simple annoyance because I was leaning on your car. Then when you heard me say my little saying, you backed away very cautiously. Never letting your eyes stray from my repulsively made-up face, you felt your way back to your shop's front door and fled inside. Well, what did you expect me to do? In view of your apparent personality type, I expected exactly what you did. You never dropped your aplomb. You didn't scream. You didn't panic. You remained ladylike and reserved. Then, we have the painted Lady Eldermay, the Lady of the Evening... Hers was a most interesting change about. She approached me, offering herself in her most alluring manner, until she got a good look at me. 
Suddenly all pretense was gone. The facade of seduction was shattered, and she became a whimpering, innocent little girl. And gave one of the most profoundly emotional performances I've seen. So... What have you learned from all this? I believe I am developing a mass of evidence that suggests something never before published concerning human reactions. Mm -hmm. And what is that? That, when confronted with an apparently deceased person, rational communication is impossible. On the basis of three experiments? Oh, I should say not. I've done this nearly a hundred times in cities, towns, villages, hamlets all over the country. Okay, you've proved that people don't like to talk to dead people. So what? So what? Really, I'm surprised at you, Miss Black. What it all amounts to is staggering evidence that we human beings, despite our veneer of sophistication and education, are hopelessly superstitious where death is concerned. So? My dear Miss Black, the significance escapes you. Death is the one inevitable destination of us all. The purpose of my book will be to illustrate the need in all of us to be willing to look death in the eye, as it were. To accept it as the normal consequence of being born. All right, okay, I see your point. Only, you're kidding yourself, aren't you? I certainly hope not. What do you mean? Well, okay, all these people who reacted to your make-believe corpse, they weren't reacting to a dead man. They were reacting to a crazy man. A crazy man? Sure, that's what I thought when I saw you. I thought, here's a nut. Better stay out of his way. What do the rest of your subjects tell you? Well, to be frank, I seldom do much of a post-mortem with them. Generally, I merely note their reactions and, uh, disappear. Then how do you know whether they're superstitious of talking dead men or just afraid of a wild-looking kook? You offend me. It was your idea, Doctor. A wild-looking kook. Well, you know how you looked, wearing that dreadful black shroud and a floppy old hat. And your face! Oh! Well... I merely stopped by to apologize for upsetting you. Oh, accepted, I'm sure. Anything in the name of research. It's really a pity, though, Miss Black. What's a pity, Doctor? I would have thought you would perhaps have managed to accept it more rationally. Accept what? Death. Death. Oh, well, I've done my bit. Oh, brother. Wait till Skuggs hears this. Yes, is Officer Scuggs there? Just a minute. Scuggs here. Officer Scuggs, this is Terry Black at the book gallery. Guess who was just in here? I haven't really got time for guessing games, Miss Black. I'm sorry. Noah Singlet. Uh, who'd you say? Noah Singlet. Is he there now? No, he left. W where'd he go, do you know? No, I don't. Well, we'd sure like to talk to him. Well, he explained the whole thing to me, actually. It seems he's a psychologist who's researching for a book on typical well, reactions. I don't much care about his books, Miss Black, but I'd sure like to talk to him about the death of Mrs. Pulsifer. Mrs. Pulsifer? Is she dead? Happened sometime last night. Oh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. How, how did she die? Well, the medical examiner wasn't sure, but he thinks it was her heart. Oh, but then why do you want to talk to Noah Singlet? Well, to be honest with you... I uh, think he's scared her to death. Oh, she was terribly upset when we were all in your office last night. If you happen to see this guy again, you call me. Oh, I will. I will. Goodbye. That is weird. Hiya. Huh? 
Oh, hello. It's Elder May, isn't it? Yeah. Say, do you mind if I uh, if I talk to you for a minute? Why no? Boy, I better I look like a wreck. I haven't slept a wink all night. Not for the usual reason either. Because of Noah Singlet. Oh boy, yeah. Well, listen, he was just in here not ten minutes ago. He was. He came in to explain. It it was all kind of a put on. He's doing research on a book, and he goes around the country pretending he's a dead man. Then he takes notes on people's reactions, see? Like yours and mine and Mrs. Pulsifer's. Oh, did you hear about Mrs. Pulsifer? Hear what about her? She died last night, after we were all at police headquarters. Oh, you're kidding. Skuggs thinks she was so scared by this Dr. Singlet that her heart gave out. You want to bet? What do you mean? Nothing. Oh, boy, that's spooky. Yeah, I gotta go. But you just... But but wait, Elder May. Oh, no, look out! Look out! Elder May! Thank you for bringing me home, Officer Skuggs. Okay. Now you just stay put, you hear? Don't worry. Just a coincidence. Elder May getting killed by car right after Miss Pulsifer died. But you got to realize, it was Elder May's own fault. Like like you told me, she'd just run right out across the highway without looking. I know. And my roommate will be home in a little while. Now, you'll be all right. If you need us, just call. I will. Thank you. Oh, my nerves. What can I take? I must have something in the bathroom. These. I'll just take a couple, maybe three... Then I can sleep. If I could just calm down. This is ridiculous. Terry, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold. Oh, you're working already. I'll just lie down and try to get a nap. I'm so dizzy. Must have been something in those pills. Can't get my breath. I was in those pills. <laughs> Greetings, Miss Black. Oh, uh, Dr. Singlet. Yes. Oh, they're looking for you. The police want to talk to you about Mrs. Pulsifer. Did you know she died last night? Yes. And this morning, poor Elder May got run over right in front of my shop. I know. I tried to warn them. I tried to prepare them. I tried to prepare you, Miss Black. Uh, but you're all alike. Rich, poor, dumb, smart. Nobody's ever quite prepared. I don't think I get this. You try to prepare me. For what? For this. What? Your death. What do you mean, death? The sleeping pills you took. They weren't your sleeping pills. In your overwrought state, you took your roommate's heart pills by mistake. What are you saying? That I'm dead? Correct. They had an immediate and fatal effect on your system. Well, what about you? Uh, I guess you're not just pretending to be dead now yourself. Pretending? I never was, my dear. I never was. Now, shall we join the others? And so ends the story of Noah Singlet. Or does it? 
I'll be back in a minute with the names of tonight's players and a few scenes from next week's Crisis. In tonight's cast were Douglas Young, Lee Posh, Richard Arnold, Pat French, and Margie Boulay. The program was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, who thanks you for being with us and invites you to join us here next week for Crisis. <laughs> 